Hello to everyone tuning into the Highly Optimized Podcast today. My name is Ryan Sprague, and throughout this podcast, I will be showcasing conscious leaders who are living a life beat to their own drum, sharing their stories, and revealing their valuable information for you listeners on how you can effectively take life into your own control, what steps to take to create your own path, and how to maximize your ability to lead and manifest your dreams in this reality. So when I think about one of the absolute best ways to move energy, engage in the practice of health, and shift your physiological state into one that is flooded with neurotransmitters such as dopamine and serotonin, no methodology comes to mind and heart quicker than that of movement. Movement allows our emotions to act as what they truly are, energy in motion. Through our movements, we can create a masterpiece of self-love that transcends any of the lower vibrational states we may be feeling before we begin. And in this regard, it truly is a human superpower. Today's guest on the show is an expert in not just movement, but being able to create art out of his movement with his perfect balance of structure and going with the flow. He is a master instructor of MoveNet, which is a practice based on moving in the primal, natural ways that humans have interacted with since the dawn of time in order to create harmony in all planes of movement within the physical body is an all-star content creator, having created products such as his Movement Life app, which has helped over 5,000 high performers build an athletic physique, reduce chronic pain, and move better for increased performance and quality of life in the comfort of their own homes and on their own schedules, and is an individual whose passion for human body optimization is infectious and inspiring to all those that are fortunate enough to work with him and call them their friend and family. So please help me in welcoming my man, Kellen Mylad, to the show. Kellen, what is up, my man? Hey, what's going on? So good to be here, Ryan. Yes, man. Yes. And you know, when we were connected, I immediately looked at your profile and was like, yep, this is a gentleman I want to have on the show. You know, I am so passionate about movement. You know, I'm a movement fanatic myself. And really some of the things I've found within my movement journey is that a lot of the ways that I was originally instructed to move, right? Typical bodybuilding paradigms and, you know, powerlifting, things like that. They have their place, but one does not uh, integrate more relaxing and yin type practices, right? More movement based where you can really get into your body and feel the signals coming from within. Ultimately, what happened to me anyway, is that I ended up in injuries, right? And a lot of rehab and a lot of not being able to move and having that taken from me. So, you know, I'd love to start with really how you got interested in this style of movement and really how your journey has progressed throughout the years to where you're at right now, sitting on the screen with me. So how did all this start? And it's it's really interesting to look back on my own journey because I've always loved movement, right? But the I didn't necessarily have uh, all the options that were available to me. All the options weren't presented. So uh, I started off as a kid just moving and playing, right? And that funneled me into sports. And I liked sports well enough. I did a wide variety of different sports, and I think that was important for giving me a broad base of of movement, a good foundation. And I look back and I always think that I liked practicing more than I actually liked competing. Mm. So, you know, there was there was that. After <laughs> athletics, I got into fitness, um, and I was an early adopter with fitness because I was a little bit overweight as a kid, and mm. you know, saw some saw some of the power that that lies in fitness in terms of growing my confidence confidence and just being able to empower me to reach my goals. Mm. So I found that pretty early on and I was hooked on fitness and, you know, that stuck with me through uh, my late teens and twenties. And I think just after years and years of hitting it hard in the gym, going down that fitness rabbit hole, I started to 
just pause and start asking some questions about like, what am I doing here? What is this all for? And might there be a better way to take care of myself and, you know, just enjoy movement again. So it was kind of within this space of asking these questions about mainstream fitness that got me looking outside the box and starting to experiment with, um, with movement and really bringing back some of that playful childlike energy Mm. that I knew was inside me, but had just kind of gotten lost in the mix of adulthood. So that's where the door kind of opened. And then once I started to look around, I became aware that, oh, people there, there are starting to be some, some people out there, some companies out there promoting movement beyond just traditional strength and conditioning. Mm. Um, So once I found that that was available, I just started started exploring and it, it snowballed from there. That's amazing, man. You know, it's always so fun to go on people's journeys with them, right? Because, you know, I see a lot of similarities within uh, our stories, right? I was really into sports as a kid and, uh, you know, really always liked practicing more than competing, exactly as you said it, right? Like the competing always brought out so much anxiety in me and, you know, being an Aries, be a 5-1 projector, whatever you want to call it, you know, I had that competitive nature within me and it would bring up so much anxiety that it just at a certain point, I was like, this isn't really what I'm going for. You know, I don't really care if I'm the best to everyone else. I just want to be the best to me, right? I want to compare myself only to the person I was yesterday and take it from there. And I think that's in my experience with working with people that are in fitness. And I imagine from your experience as well, you know, I feel a lot of people are feeling that, right? Like they're feeling like, Hey, you know, I, I don't mind competing against myself. I don't mind like some friendly competition. If I have a friend at the gym or a friend doing movement with me, but this whole like lifestyle based around like be the best, you know, be the best at everything is, is really taxing over time. And you know, what I think you illustrated so beautifully there was that how you look at movement is a lifestyle, right? It's not something you go take time out to go to the gym and then you sit down the rest of the day, right? It's, it's a lifestyle. And when we look at like the, the evolution of human beings, right. And the human species, you know, we weren't like typically exercising for an hour and then sitting down. Right. So, you know, it's almost like a regression, right. It's a comeback, not a go back. Right. And so, you know, really like what I see and what I'm so excited for in the modern day world is being able to, you know, invoke this type of movement and play right? That's the word that really stood out with what you were saying, like this childlike play back into humanity, because like uh, a lot of religious texts say, you know, if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must first enter the mind of a child. And really like, what does that mean? Right? Like, because, you know, me personally, I'm not exactly a religious person. I enjoy spirituality, but I do think that a lot of the things we hear in it are really useful, right? They're just kind of set in metaphors. And so like, for me, like when I really examined that and through some plant medicine ceremonies too, you know, it was like, oh, When you look at a kid playing, they're not playing for a purpose, right? They're just playing. They're playing to play. Like that is, if you want to call it their purpose, right? And so like, you know, I'm curious for you, like, when did you start realizing that you wanted to actually teach this, right? I know you have the app. I know you have all these things. And like, when did you start realizing like, hey, this is going past just my own personal passion. And I'm really getting curious about teaching this to other people and empowering them with the knowledge to make the right choices and be able to build the right programs for them specifically for their individual bodies and expressions of life. So I got into the fitness industry after studying psychology. So my background is in counseling psychology and I made that pivot because I have always been motivated and felt called to help people and support people on their journey. There are a lot of misconceptions and just barriers, I think, to 
uh, accessing mental health services. And uh, there's a lot of stigma around it. So that coupled with the fact that I didn't want to spend my career sitting in a chair, um, <laughs> that that prompted me to think, well, maybe I can I can help people better through fitness and movement. So I got into the industry and I was looking at it from that perspective, thinking about, you know, given the average person, what the average person is dealing with, how can I best support, you know, just people in the general population living healthier, happier, more adaptive lives. So I was on a mission to figure out what are the best ways to train people. And then um, and I was always kind of the guinea pig experimenting on myself. And then, uh, like I said, I went through this evolution, this realization that I wanted to incorporate more organic movement and play and and really the opportunity to teach fell into my lap. I had already been in the fitness industry as a personal trainer, but um, then I got the opportunity uh, to start teaching this discipline called MoveNat. And I spent many years working for that company. And it was it was a situation where the I, I was just thrust into the position to teach without a lot of mentorship or guidance, Mm. which was, I was annoyed by it. I really wanted someone to kind of give me the answers and show me the road and tell me like exactly how do I put this puzzle together. But um, what I got instead was the venue to figure it out on my own terms. And, you know, looking back, it was really a gift Mm. to um, be able to have the space to figure it out on my own terms. And I did that not only through my own practice, but through having this platform and continuing to, you know, just to be on stage every week teaching and figure Mm. out like how to how to bridge the gap between what I'm Mm. experiencing and what I want to convey with, you know, where people are at in, in their current reality and, you know, kind of meet in the middle. So it was definitely a long process, you know, again, like a lot of trial by fire, just get on stage, fall on my face, learn and, you know, rinse and repeat. Yeah. You know, I think like what you said perfectly there was this whole idea of failing forward, right? Like, you know, things are never going to seem quote unquote perfect, even though we'd love them to be right. Like you'd love the right mentors. You'd love to be able to have like all the perfect tools in your toolbox before you start. But, you know, what I've realized on my journey as well, especially with starting highly optimized and now getting into cannabis coaching and all these things that when you decide to pave your own path, right? Like you're essentially signing up for challenges, right? And I feel as though and you talked about psychology and that's my background too, actually. And so, uh, you know, I know that realm well, and I also know exactly what you were talking about with regards to, you know, not wanting to sit in an office every day. You know, I joke and say, you know, personally, I don't like khakis and I don't like office buildings. So I knew right off the bat that the typical paradigm of psychology was not going to work for me. Not to mention the fact that after my bachelor's degree, I realized, well, this is pretty much useless until I go back for a master's degree or PhD. And, uh, you know, I like to think about PhDs as piled higher and deeper, you know, and uh, a lot of the time, you know, they, as you learn, right, and as you quote, unquote, know things, you ultimately get put more and more inside of a confined box, right, you get compartmentalized. And one of the things that I've noticed is that it's those individuals who like your situation had some challenges with like, you know, I didn't have the right mentor, I wanted more mentorship and things like this, that ultimately pave their own way of doing it. Right. And they break the rules. And, you know, being a musician myself too, like I realized that there are certain musicians that get stuck in the theory realm, right? Like they're, they're theory experts, like they can explain anything to you, but their playing is more 
mathematical and and less methodical and or more methodical rather. And then there are those other people that you know, yeah, they learn a little bit of theory. They get their way around the fretboard if you're talking about guitar, and then they kind of take it from there and they pave their own way of doing it. They they really are trend sender, as I like to call it. Right? They're giving it a full send in their own direction, and you know. I think what we're illustrating so perfectly here is the process of transformation, right? And, you know, the trials and tribulations that come along with that, right? Because, you know, I know for me, when I first got into what I now call my transformational journey, you know, it was, there was some parts where, and this is, this goes into entrepreneurship too, right? Where one day you're on top of the world, you feel like everything is perfect. You're a hundred percent evolved. You're perfect. And the next day, something might happen where you feel like the lowest rung of the ladder. Right. And, you know, that's why it's so important, you know, understanding things like psychology, understanding, you know, inner work practices, understanding what beams you up every day to be able to be a master of balancing your own state. And I'd love if you could get into, you know, for those listening that are starting their entrepreneur journey, or maybe feeling that uh, like that low rung on the ladder today while they're listening, you know, I'd love if you could explain some of like the challenges you went through along this time. I know you talked about, you know, the mentorship and things like that, but, you know, really like within our business, right? We obviously have other lives going on, right? We have family, we have, you know, other passions, we have life just happening, right? And so I'd love if you could talk about maybe some of the challenges you went through and also some of your other practices and potentially more movement stuff that, you know, really get you through that. Like when you're feeling stuck, like, what do you do? What's your process of getting through that? Because ultimately, like, as I can see from your success you've had, you've been able to move through these challenges. And I imagine they're still coming up. And so I'd love to get into some of that. Like what have been some of your challenges? And then also, how do you find you best move, move through your challenges? Yeah, absolutely. Um, a- absolutely. I'm still going through the challenges, experiencing <laughs> them every day. Um, and it's interesting to for me to look back on it because I never viewed myself as an entrepreneur. I just knew that I had a very low tolerance for, uh, like you said, um, office settings and being on someone else's schedule, and maybe b- deeper than that, just I, I I'm motivated when my I'm motivated by a sense of purpose. Mm. So when I I, I knew at an early age, I wanted to help people. Then uh, when I stepped into the fitness industry, it was like, oh yeah, this is a really good fit for me, but how am I going to make this work for myself? I wasn't thinking about being an entrepreneur. I was just figuring out how to f- create a path or create an existence that was going to work for me. So in that, like some of the biggest challenges were just catching up on the skills that I did not acquire and I wasn't naturally predisposed to. And as entrepreneurs, we have so, you know, we, we wear so many hats mm-hmm. and learning to, um, to really step up for my message and not get bogged down with imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's a familiar one for a lot of people oh, yeah. uh, dealing <laughs> with this inner question of, you know, who am I to be doing this work? And, uh, I think what an extra challenge there was what I was pursuing. It 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 didn't have a a, a home or a, a name. It kind of did when I was teaching for this company, MoveNat, but even that didn't have wide recognition. So there was constantly trying to inform people of like, what is this? Why is it beneficial? Why should I bother listening to you? And you know, for me, there was also a lot of like a lot of depth to it, a lot underneath the surface beyond just the movement, but, you know, a lot of uh, implications for uh, mental health as well. So, and these are things that, that I'm trying to figure out 
and concurrently trying to express them, convey these messages to to people in a way that um, meets them where they're at. And, you know, also have to learn how to market myself. How do I convey this message in a way that is consistent with, you know, how we as consumers, you know, latch onto things and adopt new concepts. So it was a lot of, a lot of challenges, but at the end of the day, it was like, I I almost felt bound to my sense of purpose. Like I found this thing that I'm super passionate about, but I don't know how to get the message out there. And there was, you know, just a lot of challenges in figuring out my own voice. So the thing that I always came back to is my own practice. You know, I believed in what I was doing, what I was, the journey that I was going on was, was helping me grow and achieve the growth and results that I wanted to see. So uh, I was just continually leaning on that to refill my cup. So as far as advice that I would pass along to other entrepreneurs, you know, my, and especially people that are building you know, they're, they're chasing entrepreneurship around this thing that they're passionate about, but really just encourage them to stay rooted in, in that passion, that that passion can make up for a lot of what you don't know. And a lot of the learning that you have yet to do, and that can keep driving you. That can be a source of inspiration. And it's that, that passion and that belief in my purpose that has pulled me up out of the gutter countless times. So um, if nothing else, I've leaned on this thing that, you know, it's just feeling like movement is the thing for me. Helping people is my mission. So I'm going to stay the course and, and, and roll with it, flow with it. Yeah. That's such beautiful advice, man. And you know, it's so funny because, you know, when entrepreneurs get together, I'm like, yes, I feel all of those challenges. You know, it's like the, the most challenging part is being the one who creates the thing, but also having to be the one who like, am I my ideal client? Right. And if so, what would I want to see there? And if not, and even if so, do I need a copywriter? Do I need these people? Like, how do I capture this message? Right. And, you know, you talk so poetically there about purpose, right? And, you know, I firmly believe, like Eckhart Tolle says, that we have an inner purpose and an outer purpose. And our inner purpose is to wake up, right? Is to realize like, okay, we're having an experience here. And so what are we going to do with it, right? We're a finite being in terms of our physical body. Our spirit is infinite, of course, but what are we going to do while we're here, right? Because we're here for like a blink of an eye, really. Time flies by. And so, you know, when you've woken up to that, you can then start finding your passions, right? And, you know, I feel the exact same way as you, like the idea of being on someone else's schedule and depending on someone else for a paycheck and having to fit within the confines of what they believed in their life just smelled like office supplies to me, right? It was just like not fun at all. Uh, It was not something I wanted to explore. Uh, I did it when I was younger. And that was the experience that I realized, okay, something is definitely different here. And, you know, I'll talk for a second about like when that happens. I mean, it's a big dark night of the soul, right? Because, you know, people around you, I imagine your friends and family, right? They're like, they're like, Kellen, why don't you just get a job, man? You know, like, it's fine. We're good with it. Right. And, and, you know, I began started thinking like, Hmm, am I like different in a bad way? Right? Like, why can't I just fit into the confines of society? And it wasn't until, you know, really trying to do that, that I realized that, hey, you know what, regardless of what it is, I don't fit in these confines. And I can either continue thinking of it as a bad thing, or I can start arguing for my possibilities and see, okay, if this is a positive thing, then what do I choose to manifest in my reality? And it was from that point that I really took off. Right. And, and it wasn't that there weren't challenges, right. It wasn't that or there weren't any blockades or, you know, uh, anything like that, but it was more so that 
you know, I believed in myself after that. And I imagine that's exactly what happened to you is that as you started, you know, cultivating that fire within, right, that purpose, finding, you know, what really beamed you up and made you feel alive. I imagine that the voices telling you to fit in the confines of society got quieter and quieter, right? And, you know, it's funny because within the realm of fitness, I've found that for for one reason or another, I've always loved fitness, right? It's been easy for me. Like my, you know, if I'm going to a gym, if I'm going working out of my house, I never miss a day, right? Like I'm not necessarily working out every day, but I am moving every day and it's never been challenging for me, right? Like that part of my schedule is just like, it's there and I just don't move it. And so, you know, one of the things I've noticed though, right, is that as I started very similar to how we were talking about how certain people fit within the confines easily and they're like, why can't you, right? So I had a lot of challenges with a lot of friends, right? Like that, you know, weren't really in a movement. And I could tell that, you know, they were saying, oh, my body hurts. I want to move, but I'm not really sure how to do it. And they couldn't really stick to the schedule and, you know, and get that, you know, that pattern recognition and that, you know, really like that idea that like, hey, movement is helping me into their mind, rooted into their minds and hearts. And so I'm curious for you, like, you know, what have been, what, what do you feel are some of the biggest challenges that you run into with clients that otherwise can't stick to a schedule? I imagine there could be things like, oh, they're not, you know, empowered by what they're doing for a workout. Maybe they've had a bad experience in the past, things like that. But I'm curious when people come to you, why is your program different? Like what hits them different about yours that allows them to finally get that rooted into their schedule and, or if it was already rooted into their schedule, have more fun moving. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of challenges th- that, I'm encountering with the people that I work with and, um, and, and that in itself is a challenge for me because I've been living this, I've been walking this path for a while and I've, I've created this, you know, my version of normal or, you know, mm-hmm. created my lifestyle around movement and helping people construct that for themselves. And I would say, um, you know, helping people kind of break out of the matrix, so to speak, if if I can use that analogy. Um, Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Getting people, because I was never really entrenched in the box. I've always been different. Mm. I I have a non-traditional family structure. I was always different. I was stuck out in some way. So I never had that comfort of feeling like, This And that was my own challenge of like not feeling part of a community or feeling like a sense of stability based off my my environment, my external environment. So I was constantly trying to create my own inner environment to give myself that sense of security. What I'm helping people with now is figure out, well, how do you how do you get back to seeing the world like you did when you were a child? How do you give yourself permission to take it easy and rest. How do you, how do you transcend this cultural programming that we always need to be productive, that we always need to be working, that we always need to be grinding, that our self-worth is predicated on our bank accounts and all the things that make up our life instead of, you know, just having inherent worth as human beings. Mm. So a lot of the challenge now comes in the, the psychological part of things. And I'm always saying that, you know, the movement stuff becomes easy. The mindset shift is very difficult and (laughs) shifting the mindset from everything's a competition. Everything requires discipline and willpower that, that our activities in life as adults need to be fueled by discipline and willpower. Helping people rewrite that narrative is absolutely the biggest challenge. And Mm. it starts incrementally because these aren't, I'm not, talking about very complex ideas, but 
the challenge is that this conditioning is so deeply ingrained in us from the time that we are children. It just, it, it, we add on to it every passing year. Um, we lose our childhood experiences very early and depending on what era you were born in, you, you know, um, you may be, you know, a lot of kids now are in front of screens and they're subject to this almost adult way of life, even earlier than I was. So, uh, I see people very entrenched in the current fast paced, highly competitive grind culture in getting them to press pause slow down and reconsider and start building their life around their, their core values. This is really, really a challenge, especially when, you know, when it comes to fitness, people think, well, tell me what to do. Give me the plan. Give me the, tell me the movements, give me the things that, you know, give me the meal plan. And what can I do to get my results as quickly as possible and getting people to slow down and look at this as a process, very challenging, very challenging. But I find that, you know, where I've looked, found my target audience is now I'm trying to support all different kinds of people, uh, however you identify, but particularly I have a soft, you know, spot for men and masculinity and mm. helping men who are like 30, 35 plus break out of this mindset that you need to be this workaholic, emotionless rock to have value in the world. But how do you, you know, say like, Hey, like wake up. You have an opportunity here. Life is very short. Time is passing incredibly fast and you want to be able to leave your mark in this world. You want to be able to, to um, make a positive impact and not just work, work your life away. So, you know, take care of yourself so you can bring the best to Mm -hmm. your work. You can bring the best to your, your family and your relationships, and you can be more than just, you know, a worker bee but you can, you can create some true meaning in your life Um, and figuring out how to, how to do that in balance in a way which works within your current framework is, is tricky, but it's possible. So that's, these are some of the biggest challenges that I'm trying to help people, you know, just start to open up their perspective and get, find some creative solutions for how they can, you know, still be healthy while still building their career and doing all the things that they need to do to, you know, make life work. Yeah, that was perfect because, you know, really it's one of the main challenges I see in my coaching practice too, where people are externalizing their power, right? And they're not doing it consciously, which, you know, like you were saying, a lot of these patterns are so deep rooted in these programs. And, you know, one of the things I find is that I work with mostly men as well. And, you know, it is so interesting being a man who's gone through a very similar process of like being an emotionless rock and, you know, feeling the emotions, but not feeling like I had a justification to let them out or feel them. And I had to be strong and all of these outdated, you know, really just bullshit, you know, type type theories that we have out there around men and being able to take back that that personal power, right? And whether it's with exercise, whether it's with diet, whether it's in your relationship, whether it's in your purpose, whether, I mean, really how you do anything is how you do everything, right? So the great thing about these patterns is that even though they're challenging to break, which they definitely are, if you break that, it will start applying to everything, right? So a lot of traps I find men falling into is, let's say for instance, that, you know, we're talking about things like this and they're like, guys, how how am I gonna, you know, be able to like come up with my own flows, right? And my own workouts, 
And, you know, how am I going to be able to figure out, you know, how to make different meals every week? And how am I going to figure out how to go on dates with my wife and make, you know, this, this, this relationship exciting and new, you know, and they start laying out 12 to 15 quote unquote different problems. And it's like, well, it's actually just one challenge you're running into and it's playing out in every aspect of your life. And this is one of the biggest things I see is that coming from once again, this, this mindset where, you know, we, we are so used to fast paced that in a way stacking 15 challenges in front of us, a part of us knows that's complete bullshit, right? But a part of us is almost excited and feels validated because now I have a lot on my plate again, right? And so I have to work constantly. And when we work constantly, we then don't have time to feel our emotions, right? And, you know, we joke a lot in a lot of the groups I'm in where, you know, one challenge that might take 10 minutes of pure feeling it, right? Say if you feel like you're not enough or you're not worthy of love or any of these things that are really deep rooted issues, you know, really, if you choose consciously through coaching or whatever way possible, plant medicines, whatever, to feel it fully, chances are that emotion will last between five and 15 minutes, run its course. And then you could potentially avoid 20 years of covering it up with cycles of busyness, with feeling, uh, you know, externalized of all your power and feeling really powerless right in the world. And, you know, I really think that's a funny realization, right? Because, you know, I know exactly how challenging and scary emotions can feel, right? These emotional states where, you know, we view them as breakdowns, right? But what if we started viewing them as breakthroughs, right? Because, you know, just like we break down muscle to build it stronger, right? We have to, we get to break down our emotional state. We get to break down our reason for living and everything. So it can ultimately build back stronger. And I think this is one of the challenges I see within, you know, within fitness and in life in general is that, you know, people, and I'm, I've been one of these people too. So I put myself in this category. We love the high vibrational states. We never want them to end. Right. But really it's the attachment to anything in life that leads to suffering, right. Versus either even happiness, like, you know, states that are quote unquote good to have or distasteful negative states, right. That are quote unquote bad to have. Right. And this whole idea of good and bad is such a weird, you know, paradigm anyway, that really I feel is just another, you know, mental trap, another mental thirst trap that we can fall into. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? I wanted to stop by while I had your ear and share a very special announcement with you. You may have heard people say that we are facing an epidemic of loneliness in the world right now. We believe that this is only half of the story and that the real epidemic and the root of feeling loneliness is a lack of connection. Do you want to connect to more purpose and passion with the important work you are doing? Do you wish you had closer friendships with people who understand you, listen to you, and are truly present with you? Are you wishing you and your partner could move deeper into love together? The connection in all of these areas comes down to the one most important element of connection, the ability to connect with yourself. If you are ready to see change in your life, if you are ready to feel differently when you wake up in the morning, if you are ready to step into the life you envision for yourself, the first and only route to making these changes is settling in, quieting down, and being able to connect to yourself. Now this can be a major challenge in today's world with media, culture, and other energies that pull us out of our ability to connect. When you've tried fitness, meditation, and other self-development practices, and still find yourself feeling alone and lacking connection, you may be feeling out of options and wondering if you'll ever be able to tap into your full potential that you know deep down is possible in your life. What we have found in working with our clients is that plant medicines, and cannabis in particular, can guide us in having the experience of what true connection looks and feels like. In this way, cannabis can act as a rite of passage for connection 
and a gateway toward the spouse, tribe, mission, and life you know you are ready for. Now the pitfall here is that many people become codependent on the medicines, such as cannabis, and expect the medicine to do the work for them. If this continues, what will happen is the user will find themselves reaching for more and more cannabis to feel connection, without taking ownership of their role in the outcome of their experience, and thus they will fall into repeating the same painful patterns. As Zen Buddhism teaches, how you do anything is how you do everything. Therefore, if this painful pattern is showing up in your relationship with cannabis, it is likely a reflection of the same patterns you're experiencing in your friendships, romantic relationships, business, and your relationship with yourself. Learning to work with cannabis effectively will supercharge your experience and will help you get the result you are actually seeking, which is connection. We created a program to support seekers and high achievers like you in doing exactly this. To learn how to work with the healing power of cannabis to connect you back to yourself so you can unlock purpose, passion, and creativity in all areas of your life. What this program will give you is the long-lost user manual for cannabis. This user manual will teach you how to connect with cannabis correctly so that the plant can act as your spiritual aid and ally in life, just as our ancestors understood and practiced. If you're ready to unlock the full power of cannabis, meet like-minded people on the same path as you, build more purpose into your life, and have the most fun doing homework you've ever had, this message is for you. To learn more and qualify for your spot in the program, hop over to our Instagram profile at highly.optimized and book a discovery call. The conscious cannabis revolution is here. Will you be joining us? Sending all of you love. Enjoy the rest of the show. One of the things that has allowed me to move through this with grace and ease, you know, these days and, uh, you know, still definitely running the challenges as you were saying, but can move through them better is being able to enact flow within my life. Right. And, you know, I'd love if you could speak to like what you describe flow as and also like how flow helps you with movement. Right. Because when I started flowing with movement, doing steel mace flow and, you know, animal flow and stuff, what I realized is that my flows would change depending on my emotional state, right? Some days I'd be super excited, right? And my flow would be a lot faster and I'd be a lot more ingenuitive and creative, right? And then there'd be days where I'd feel really tired, burned out, you know, maybe I'm working really hard and my flows would reflect that, right? And they'd be slower. And at first I had some judgment around that, but after a while I realized like, oh no, this is just what my body and my mind and spirit are calling for in this moment. And so I'd love if you could go a little bit into flow, like, you know, what does flow mean to you? You know, how does your, how do your flows change from day to day? And maybe a little bit even about like how you teach flow, right? Like that's a weird concept to think about, but if anything comes up there, I'd love to hear that as well. So to me, flow very simply comes back to presence. Mm. Um, it's a state where I'm present in the moment and experiencing a harmony, harmony in, in mind, body, and spirit. Um, and it's a lot of different can access a flow state in different ways. Mm. And movement is just, just, you know, these movement flows that I create content around and teach. It's just a way to practice getting into that state, mm. getting used to being in the moment. And, um, you know, I, 
I think it's probably familiar to most of us to, you know, feel like your mind is racing. And I call it the swirl, like the mental swirl (laughs) where, you know, everything that's happening and everything that you're experiencing is just constantly churning and swirling around and inside, inside you and or around you. So being able to navigate the swirl and be flow with it, adapt with it, as opposed to resist it. That is um, kind of my understanding of it and how I'm working with flow states. Movement is simply the um, the practice or you know a, a, a way to make that more tangible. Mm. So my physical practice, like just like you said, it's just a it, it's a way that a very tangible way that I can work with an issue that's going to resonate throughout my life, mm. present and being in sync, being in harmony, finding a way to flow with what's going on inside me and around me. So when I'm teaching flow movements, I, I try to put that, that idea out there on the front end, because again, where I find most people are wired when it comes to fitness and exercise to think about, well, tell me the exercise, what's the exact form and, you know, how do I exactly do it? And that's counterintuitive here. Mm -hmm. Um, So I try to lead with that, but then at the same time, before we get into these more abstract and fluid concepts, um, I know beginners need some structure and guidance, and that's very helpful. So I think about movement as it's almost like learning a language. So you've got to start with the foundations of building a vocabulary. You've got to learn the building blocks of the language. And then over the course of time, you learn how to speak and communicate with your own style and your own mm. authentic flair. Mm. So that that comes through the practice of, of communicating. In language, mm. it comes from years of stumbling and, you know, uh, feeling awkward, but then through practice and, and, and through, um, through repetition, you begin to find your style, find your voice, find your authenticity and flow is the same way. So I create these follow along videos and that's kind of where it started was creating. And I started creating these programs and then figured out that what was helping people the most was giving them some follow along guidance Mm. And just introducing them to, you know, figuring out what are my kind of core foundational movements in my language of movements. Mm. Um, and let's start there. And let's just start exploring these little pieces that are accessible. Um, they're easy to articulate. Uh, they're the basic uh, vocabulary. And then from there, always leaving the door open or setting the expectation that, Hey, you don't have to move exactly like I move. Like here's the baseline for this movement. Here's how you say this word or this phrase, but understand that you don't have to enunciate it exactly like I do. You don't have to move exactly like I do rather practice repeats and in the process, listen to your body experience what's going on inside and use that to inform your practice moving forward. So it's it's for sure a process that I try to give structure to, but also 
through that process, I'm always trying to create space to encourage people to play, explore, um, embrace mistakes as learning opportunities, and embrace their own individuality instead of trying to mimic me or copy uh, or copy or compare themselves to anyone else out there. Mm. Yeah, you know, that's something I learned uh, really quickly from my buddy Leo Savage, uh, who does Steel Mace Flow, because, you know, you watch him and you're like, wow, you must, you know, really like know what you're going to do next. And he's like, I've just practiced different movements. And now I put them together and I try random things out every day. And, you know, what you illustrated there was really like, what you're doing is in a way parenting, right? Parenting your clients, right? You're you're giving them some skills to start off with. You're allowing them to build a strong foundation. And then you're empowering them to like, hey, do what you want, right? Like I'm here to guide you, but I'm not here to tell you what to do, right? And those are two totally different things. And you know, one of the challenges I found with men, which is why I love working with men, because I've gone through this challenge and I imagine you might have too, is this whole idea of feminine energy, right? Like the flow comes from feminine energy. And, you know, for anyone listening, I imagine you've heard this in my podcast before, but, you know, also like whether we're female or male, we have masculine and feminine energies. And the idea is not to be more of one than the other. It's to be able to go between both fluidly. And, you know, one of the things that I love about, you know, what Steel Mace Flow does and what you do is that as a man, you are creating an art form, right? Which art, expression, creativity, all of that, it's a feminine type thing, right? But you're doing it in a very you know, almost martial arts type way, right? Where it's very like, it's very masculine, but also it has that perfect balance of yin and yang to it. And I feel like that is so powerful, especially for men, because we hear a lot, your yes has no power until you learn to say no. And what I like to translate to is your on has no power until you learn to turn off, right? And what I mean by that is like, you know, as someone who's gone through this, I'm all gas, no brakes 24 seven, and I'm burning out and I'm getting signals in my body telling me like stuff is redlining, like you're breaking down. And then I wake up and like you were saying in the beginning, and I go, well, you know, if I miss one day, I'm going to lose my gains and all these hilarious things that, you know, we all say to ourselves, not just men, but, you know, I see it a lot with men. And it's really interesting because, you know, one of the things I found is that you can find flow in every, anything, right? So if anyone's listening and you're like, hey, movement's not my thing, I'm like, cool, find your flow, right? Like, that's the whole purpose of life is, you know, when you're in a flow, you're dropping into an alpha brainwave state or maybe even a GABA above state, right? And above beta wave state. And you're going into the state where you're more present and you're able to connect the mind, aka 3D reality with the heart, which is 4D reality. And if you're able to access the quantum realm, which is the fifth dimension, then you're able to really do like a quantum flow, which is like the new big trendy word now, which I am super excited about. Uh, <laughs> haven't mastered it yet, but uh, it's really fun. And you know, it's being able to flow and get these downloads along the way. Right. And, you know, we talked about femininity and things like that and accessing the heart, you know, and what comes from that is intuition, right? So when you're moving, right, you might, you know, feel that structure coming up. It's like, okay, when I go into this flow, I typically do this move next. And then someone might just say, why don't you try this instead? Right. And the more that you, you know, create a practice around engaging with that voice, right. The more that voice will get louder. And you can really start to argue more for your possibilities of like, what is possible as a creator in this realm, right? Like what is possible if I can create and manifest whatever I want? And, you know, one of the best and most potent, you know, medicines around flow is that when you learn to do this, you'll be able to bring it into other areas of your life. Like I said before, how you do anything is how you do everything. So if you learn to flow with your movement, you're going to learn to flow in your relationship, right? You're going to learn to flow with your business. You're going to learn to flow and create new things. You're going to be unattached to your identity, right? I mean, you know, one of the biggest challenges I've had within movement is like, 
oh, I do bodybuilding. Then, you know, I'm getting into other stuff, but it's like, oh, but I'm this bodybuilder person, right? And it's like being able to flow with your identity and have identity alchemy is so powerful because so many of us, myself included, once again, you know, we get rooted in these identities, right? And, you know, the only constant in life is change, right? That is the status quo. And so the more that we can flow, the more that we're accepting that, right? And saying, hey, bring it on, right? Like we're ready to flow. And, you know, I'm curious for you, like, you know, I saw the app, it looks incredible. And, you know, this is something that, you know, my, my friends from Unlifted just created an app and I know how much time and creativity and, <laughs> and flow goes into that process. Right. And I'm curious for you, like, I imagine you might've outsourced it. Um, and like, I'm really getting into like what I'm, what I'm looking for here is like for entrepreneurs that are getting into the realm of like, I need to do everything right. Like how important is it as someone who's creating this incredible fitness program and all of like the, the programming and the modules and everything, how important is it to be able to like have people in your corner that can handle some of the other stuff and be able to outsource that? I don't know if you did particularly, but I imagine you did because you're a very busy guy. So I'm curious, like, you know, if you did, and if so, like what the benefit of being able to bring other people into your business and being able to let go of some of those hats you're wearing has been. Yeah. Hugely important because again, I have to go back to my, my, my passion and the activities that light me up. Cause I was, you know, otherwise, why else am I doing this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because it, it would be a lot easier to have, you know, a, you know, the, the, the stability and consistency of, you know, an, a nine to five job, but that's not the path I've chosen. But I have to remember that, you know, this is part of this is choosing to create and walk my own path. So, you know, why not have a little fun with it and make sure that my days are spent doing what I love and mm. where I feel my sense of purpose. So I want to be as much as possible in that creative process. Uh, I want to be creating things that are going to be helping people. And there's a lot of other details out there that are really easy to get bogged down in, um, especially when it comes to learning new technologies. So I'm always on the lookout for finding ways to outsource by leveraging existing technology that can make my job so much easier, that can allow me. And I, I can appreciate technology. I'm not, I'm, I'm a little bit old school where they, you know, I, I like to adapt with changing technology, but in some ways I, I often like to prefer the old school method in some ways, but I realize and I see the cultural shifts that are happening. I've watched that take place in my lifetime and understand that technology is for better or worse, a part of how we operate in this world now. So, you know, why not leverage that technology is a way to get my message out to as many people as possible. So the, the key for me is to um, figure out how to streamline it and make sure that I don't get too sucked into those little, those details that would pull me away from my creative work. And because I know, and I've learned this over the course of time that if I don't protect space in my life, you know, the, the, the creativity needs rest um, yes. <laughs> in, order to, in order to create. I need time to do nothing. I need time to allow inspiration to come to me. I need time to recover. So if I'm constantly bogged down in busy, 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 doing, 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 then um, I'm, I'm missing out on, on what I need to produce my best work. So I, there's plenty of platforms out there that, that, 
can, and, and I'm happy to do it because I also learned that, you know, I can only handle so many client hours a day mm. where that I'm an introvert. So that time can really drain me. So I would rather spend my time creating things that can be leveraged by more people, more times. And so that's a, a, a definite perk of, mm. of accessing technology. So, and it doesn't have to be difficult. You know, with my app, I outsource, you know, it's through a, through a marketplace company called Playbook that, you know, allows me to, they've created the technology. All I have to do is build out the programs. I get to stay on the creative side of things while they can, you know, support me in the distribution and the, um, on the finance side of things. So yeah, there's a lot of opportunity out there and, and it's a blessing that I continue to, you know, learn is, is that I don't have to do everything on my own. Yeah. You know, I think this is one thing that I, as an entrepreneur fell into, I imagine some people listening are falling into where it's like, first of all, we're human beings, not human doings, right? And we can do anything, but not everything. And this is something I learned from one of my dear friends and close mentors, Paul Check. When you hang out with Paul, you realize real quickly that that guy just understands how to delegate like it's his job, right? And and how his business works. And it, all, it wasn't always that way, right? He's very vocal with like, hey, like the only reason I have a business is because of my wife, Penny, right? Like if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have a business. And, you know, that's exactly how my business partner and I, you know, really flow, right? Like he handles a lot of the business stuff. And my job is to create and really like, you know, as you were saying, like your old school, I mean, I'm literally looking at a notebook that I write all my tasks and like, I don't, you know, I'll use Google calendar and things like that, of course, because it's easy, especially for podcasting and zoom links and whatnot. But, you know, I like having tangible materials in front of me, right. Rather than going on a computer screen, it just, it feels better to me. Right. And again, that's just my truth. Right. And, and one of the things that I learned from Sheck is that like, he's at a point now in his life where his job is just, he wakes up, he's told like, Hey, you got this on the calendar. Today. He's like, awesome. And then he has plenty of time to go paint, uh, interact with some great herbs and just live his life. Right. And that's what allows him to recharge his battery. Because, you know, as you were talking about, like, we only do have so much creative energy in our day. Right. And of course we can optimize that with our lifestyle, but there's still a finite amount of it. Right. And it's the same way that you have your your, you know, the way I look at a day is like charge, discharge, relax, right? So the mornings are meant for me charging my battery, right? Doing my inner work, doing my rituals, moving, right? Getting into the sun, putting my feet in the grass, things like that. And then it's like all gas, no breaks time, discharge, podcasts, you know, teaching courses, uh, creating new material, making posts, all this stuff. And then at the end of the night, I have my nightly rituals, which allow me to relax, right? And be on what I call vacation vibration. I'm playing guitar. I'm watching Gaia. I'm interacting with some herbs, right? That allow me to get, you know, into my creative flow and really like ask myself and check in with like, how did I show up today, right? Were there things that, you know, I'm really excited about, like wins I want to celebrate? Or are there some things that, you know, maybe, maybe that wasn't how I wanted to show up. Maybe tomorrow I'm going to, maybe I'm going to reflect on these things in my journal and kind of find out where they're coming from. Like, oh, maybe I saw that, you know, pattern in my parents when I was a kid. Right. And, and, you know, that's not what I want, but it's showing up. Right. So, you know, really being able to give time to go on that inner quest each day and ask yourself those challenging questions. And, you know, like 
one of the things that I've realized within outsourcing my program, because we do the same thing, we work with an amazing group called Freedom Builders, where uh, you know they do all the funnels, they do the lead generation, they do a lot of that stuff. And all we do is just, you know, we're really tasked with creating the content. And that's what I love. I mean, that's what, you know, podcasting, creating content, teaching Connect with Cannabis, which is my new course, hosting retreats. I mean, these are the things that beam me up, right? These are the things that, you know, light my heart up and allow me to have so much energy. I mean, they, they fill me up, right? So as I'm doing them, you know, it almost feels like a superpower because, you know, I'm doing them and I'm like, wow, like I just did a session or I just, especially like the connect with cannabis program. I mean, you know, I do a call and it's a seven at night and I might be, you know, tired after that, you know, I podcast all day and things like that. But after that call, I'm fired up. Right. And it's great because then I have some energy left in the tank to go into my guitar, my relaxing rituals and, you know, really, you know, get excited about what I want to do tomorrow and how I want to show up. And one of the things I've noticed is that, you know, there's this whole like idea, you know, that I think is becoming outdated faster and faster, like work on your weaknesses. Right. And it's like, I don't really agree with that, you know, because, you know, I think what you and I are talking about here is that, yeah, sure. You could choose to work on your weaknesses. Right. But if you, you know, where attention goes, energy flows. So if you choose to spend a lot of time in your weaknesses, you're going to end up feeling weak, right? Because they're going to be things that just naturally don't draw you in. Right. Not saying you might not be able to excel at it, but it's not going to be what charges your battery and lights you up and allows that purpose to come out, allows your heart to come online and allows you to be that attractive person to the people that you're looking to call in. And on the other side, if you choose to work on your strengths, here's the great part. And I feel like we have a duty to do this, right? Because those people that, you know, you have help with for your app, right? They love doing that. That's their thing, right? That's their thing that beams them up, right? So by you outsourcing to them and being able to do that by me outsourcing to Freedom Builders, which beams them up, we get to focus on what charges us up and they get the gift of doing what charges them up. And they don't have to go work a nine to five and we don't have to go work a nine to five. And so like when you work on your strengths, you end up feeling strong, right? And you end up empowering the people that you delegate to, to do what they love. And that's like really the special sauce of life. I truly feel. And, you know, for you, you know, especially working with men, like what is one thing that you want men to you know, really resonate with and understand, you know, that you've understood in your life as a man who's evolved from, you know, many different stages of your life. Like, what's a tip for men that really you feel could help them break out of this matrix, right? Like, you know, what I really intend to do with every podcast I'm doing is give people some, you know, tangible tools or tangible statements or tangible pieces of advice that, you know, they can go through and, you know, considering we're both men on this call, right? And uh, men have certain challenges that we know because we've gone through them. What's one piece of advice you would give men that are listening right now that might help them just like have that little cognitive shift that gets them out of scarcity and into abundance? Join a men's group. (laughs) Um, I think this is important because, you know, you think about the question, who are you? And, And like, I think the knee jerk response when you get a question like, Oh, tell me about yourself. The answer is going to be like, you're going to, you're going to get back like what the person does for a living, if they're a parent or not, or, you know, kind of their, uh, their hobbies. You're going to talk about like the different roles they play hats they wear in life. And Uh, that's just kind of like cultural norms to some extent, you know, one of the first, you know, meet someone new. What's the first thing we ask? Like, Oh, well, what do you do? What do you do? Yes. (laughs) Um, um, And joining a men's group is just a place to practice our feeling what we feel and 
pay more attention to our ways of being than having to focus so much on the details of what we're doing and what we're, you know, achieving. And so the type of men's group that I advocate for and that, that I'm a part of is really just taking about uh, an hour and a half to two hours a week to meet with a group of guys where we, we talk about whatever is coming up for us and we zero in on the feelings, not the details, not so much about like he said this and then I said this and then not those details that don't matter, but really our experience and mm-hmm. how the things, how, how the things that are happening in our lives make us feel. And the power in this men's group experience is being able to lean on other men for support and not feel like we need to be competing or need to be, you know, any certain way, but we can be vulnerable. And we also get the benefit of having that vulnerability reflected back to us or demonstrated by other men. So I think that is, for me, it's been the most powerful way to practice accessing more parts of myself, embracing my specific balance of masculine and feminine energy, being able to understand my story and reflect on it and make sense of it different ways as I become older and gain more life experience, but be able to operate in this realm that's not, that's, that's just beneath the surface of, you know, what do you do in our day-to-day interactions, but getting into the root of how, how life is affecting us. Mm. And um, making that, you know, normalizing that as part of, you know, day-to-day interactions. So um, I found my men's group through a company called Everyman. And I know there's different types of men's groups and masterminds out there. And sometimes they're a little bit more directive and goal-oriented, but I would really encourage people to, uh, whoever you are, get a, a, a network or a support system that's focused on feelings, that's focused mm. on creating emotional intelligence as opposed to just the doing aspects of life. Yeah. You know, that's amazing and powerful advice because, you know, men's groups have changed my life. Right. And, you know, I have a local one here that I do quite frequently called ice and iron that my three buddies started. And it's amazing. You know, we get together, we do some Tai Chi moving and breathing, you know, and then we'll go inside or then we'll, we'll do a, you know, really fun workout in the yard, stacking rocks, flipping tires, you know, hitting the punching bag, things like that. And it's right on the main street too. So it's pretty funny. You know, the groups have gotten bigger and bigger. And so now people are like honking, like, what are those guys doing over there? And then we go inside and we do like 45 minutes of really amazing breath work. And then we get outside and we do ice baths and uh, then we'll hop in the sauna after. And it's so fun, right? Because, you know, you get to see each brother of yours go through their experience and, you know, find their own challenges and their own edges. And, you know, ultimately, every time I go there, you know, some people are having a more like off day and some people are having more on day. And it's a great because every time it balances itself, right? The people that are on give their energy to the people that are off. And then by the end, everyone leaves with a full cup. And when men leave with a full cup, they're less likely to fall into a lot of the patterns that we see men fall into, right? The lone wolf, which, you know, being a language nerd myself, I like to translate things. And so when I hear lone wolf, I translate that to lonely wolf. 
because really like you know this whole like it's lonely at the top yeah only if you choose to be alone at the top right like there are always other people out there that you can connect with especially as a man and this is something i feel women do really well right like you know they have their women's circles and you know their wednesday wine nights you know and all these things right and you know for a long time i looked at those things as silly until i started falling apart myself and then i was like you know maybe these women understand what they're doing, right? And, uh, you know, soft talk acknowledged, of course, they understand what they're doing. That's why they do it, right? And so, you know, we each as, you know, men listening to this, and even women listening to this as well, you know, because it's important for you guys too. like, you know, we we all have the ability to, if we can't find a men's group or women's group, be able to start that, right? And be able to be that change. I have two friends that, you know, uh, I've both been clients of mine and just dear, dear brothers of mine. And, you know, they hit me up the other day like, hey, we're starting our own, you know, men's group out in Wisconsin. And I'm like, dude, that is so cool. Like that charges me up so much because, you know, we are all the leaders we've been waiting for and the heroes we've been waiting for. And we can all change the world in such magical ways in our own specific, unique way. And it's so important to dive into that and figure out what's going on there and figure out what your unique set of fingerprints can do differently than anyone that has ever walked the earth or will ever walk the earth, right? We're all individuals. And yes, we're having a collective human experience. But at the end of the day, you know, we, we are all walking each other home. And you know, what I take that to mean is that, you know, we can all help one another feel more comfortable with the experience of being alive and feel more safe with the experience of being alive. And it doesn't, you know, mean you have to put coach in front of your name or guide or mentor, right? Sure, you can if you really want to get into that. But, you know, what I tell all my clients is that, you know, the work we do together, yes, like, you know, I have modalities and I have these things I do. But at the end of the day, we're doing something that is like the most human nature type thing you can possibly do, which is help someone through their experience of life, right? Like this stuff is, it's innate, right? It, it comes to you and everyone has that ability. And, you know, really like, you know, what I love about the men's groups is that they allow you to move through the archetypes, right? Warrior, lover, king, magician, and all the other archetypes as well, right? Like, you know, once again, we need to be able to flow to be able to allow life to happen for us and not to us. Because if we get stagnant, right, what happens to water when it sits out and it's stagnant, right? And it gets poisonous after a while, right? Something that gives us life, right, that we cannot live without becomes poisonous. Yet, if we allow that wa water to flow, it can be the most soothing and most powerful and potent medicine on planet earth. And so, man, this has been an absolutely amazing conversation. And, you know, I'm so charged up, man. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for charging my battery. I hope I charge yours as well. And, uh, you know, I really want to give people an ample opportunity to find out where to find you, man. What do you have going on? Where can people find the app? Uh, any other things you have going on and where they can find you and stay connected and, you know, hire you and work with you? Yeah, the, um, the, the way most people find me is on YouTube. Uh, my channel movement parallels life. I'm also very active on Instagram and, um, and you know, those are the best places to start out. Um, cause we didn't necessarily get a ton into the logistics and I'm so happy that we could have a conversation more around these in concepts, which are so important, but often underrepresented in our, you know, many of our conversations. But if people want a taste of, you know, what exactly it is that, that I do and I teach, uh, you can head over to YouTube movement parallels life. And you'll see, I have an extensive library of follow along movement practices that range from beginner to restorative to higher intensity stuff. There's something in there for everyone. And I, I always share links to, you know, how you can engage with, with my work more, um, whether it's on social media, whether it's, you know, 
signing up for my app or direct coaching. So yeah, I would really encourage people to check out my YouTube channel. And um, if you feel, feel called, you want to, you want to connect, I'm very accessible. And like I said, I'm, I'm uh, on Instagram quite a bit. So, you know, people can message me and I'm, I'm very easy to reach there. Hell yes, man. Well, I would definitely be checking those out. And I have one final question for you, my man. And that question is this, if someone listening could only make one change to highly optimize their life, what would Kevin Mylad suggest that change be? One change, one impactful change. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I go back and forth between trying to think of like something that's simple and actionable versus something that's a little bit more big picture, but I'll try to stay simple and actionable and, you know, encourage people to just start out with daily movement practice, nothing major get on. It's just you and your mat in some open floor, comfortable space too. That's a really important, like carve out some comfortable space in your living space and you're just for, for movement and, you know, just start there. And, and just from that small habit of daily movement practice, I really believe that that can be the spark that creates, you know, total transformation when you extend that out and you're consistent, you extend that out over the course of years. Uh, it's just amazing what can change from that simple daily habit. More movement leads to more awareness, leads to better habits, leads to better relationships, uh, better health. It's all interconnected. So simple place to start is with your body and in and, and building a better a relationship with it. Yeah, I love that. And you said something so par- perfect there, which is make it fun, right? Like make it comfortable, make it fun, right? For me, having something be fun is the quickest way to keep it consistent, right? Like, you know, when things once again get stagnant, you know, we're more likely to deprioritize that event, right? And when it comes to what we're talking about with movement and all these things that charge your battery, there is nothing binary language knowledge more important than being able to stay that course if you want to create something amazing in the world because it's going to take energy from you, right? But what you do each day for yourself allows you to gain that energy back. So Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. We, we, wear our, we wear our busyness and our burdens like a badge of honor in this yeah. world. And <laughs> I would really love to, to just share the message to help give people permission to take care of themselves um, and realizing that that, that, that's the key. And maybe it starts with movement and it, it um, that, that bleeds out into the rest of your life, but, but everyone out there deserves the space and the opportunity to take care of themselves and, and, and it's okay to slow down. So, yeah. Yes. We can be those permissionaries to tell people it's okay to slow down, right? Like, you know, it's within slowing down, you can actually actually access that innate wisdom from within, right? Like, otherwise, the mind's just going to be running amok, right? And, you know, the analogy I always use is like, on a cloudy day, really cloudy day, the sun can't get through, even though the sun is so powerful, right? Like it's still just clouds, but even one break in that cloud and it can light up the entire yard you're in. It can light up the entire environment you're in. And sometimes all we need is that little break in the clouds. And, you know, these things we talked about in this episode, right? Movement, being able to get into men's groups and, you know, express your feelings, be vulnerable, right? And flow with life. That's what allows that sun to peek through and allows that light at the end of the tunnel to illuminate. It's so perfect. Yeah, it's just getting primed for those downloads. Like you said, it's just what what can you do to create that space to receive what's what's there waiting, and and it's it it just requires a little bit of trust or, or faith that it is there. But yeah, 
Yeah, man, you said a perfect faith, man. You know, it's like uh, when I started looking at religions and such, you know, the word faith came up a lot and I was so turned off by religion. But when I got into spirituality, faith made a lot more sense. It's like, no, you're not doing it for someone in the sky. You're doing it for yourself. You're having faith in the process of life happening for you, not to you, because not because you can prove it logically, quantifiably, but because why would you want to live on the other side, right? Like nothing, you don't really know anything in this life. You just have belief systems, right? And so what yeah. I choose to believe in my subjective experience of life is that life is happening for me because that allows my experience of life to be more great and grand in nature, you know, and that's the, that's the flow right there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I just wish everyone out there the you know chance to create that for themselves. And we don't have to be bound to the stories that we kind of are born into or inherit or pick up these belief systems aren't the end all be all. And maybe you can take bits and pieces that work and, but you can continue to write your own story to create your own reality. And yeah, it takes stillness. It takes conversation. It takes uh, looking at some things you might not want to look at. It takes play. It takes all these things. Um, but first and foremost, we you know need to need to step away from the grind and press pause to allow it to happen. Yeah. By stepping away from the grind, we let go of the have tos and we get the get tos in our life, right? We get to move, we get to play, we get to conversate, we get to get still, right? And, you know, those language shifts can be so impactful because, you know, words really do create our reality, right? They're our vocal expression of what we're experiencing within. And so like, yeah, man, I, I absolutely love that. You're speaking my language. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. It's, you, you know, you're doing great work and we appreciate it because yeah, otherwise, you know, if people are just left to the mainstream messages that are out there, there's all these things that we're talking about are greatly devalued and, it, yes. you know, but the more we can normalize them, the more people open up to them, the more they become validated and the stronger they become. So, and, and, you know, to the benefit of, of everyone out there living with more openness, authenticity, and love. Yeah. You know, I mean, if we're all connected to the same unconscious through the collective unconscious, you know, what I always like to say is it's like the hundredth monkey effect. Right. And I don't remember the exact name of the experiment, but basically they started realizing that, you know, monkeys were learning to open, uh, I believe it was sweet potatoes on an island that was the same type of monkeys, but they couldn't swim between the mainland and the island. And they started learning it on the island. And then researchers noticed this monkeys learning the exact same thing on the mainland, right? So what does that mean, right? It means that at a certain point, there's a tipping point, right? And so as we continue talking about these things and putting them into the ether and putting them into the quantum realm, there is a tipping point. And I think we're seeing that right now, right? Like, I think we're seeing a lot of people have that collective dark night of the soul where they start realizing like, the grind didn't work, right? We all had to shut off last year and I was miserable, right? So not me personally, but like, you know, I figuratively was miserable. And so like, what does that mean, right? What am I going to tap into now? And I think that once again, as we break down, we can have breakthroughs and that's the special sauce. <laughs> Absolutely. Just looking for these golden threads. And, and you know, I've, I've found in my experience that movement can be one of those threads to keep pulling that unravels uh, this whole thing and allows you to create something new. Likewise, brother. And guys, as soon as I was connected to Kellen through a mutual friend, I was beyond excited to have the opportunity to get him on the show. His ability to take challenging concepts and bring them down to ground level for his clients is a telltale sign that not only has he mastered his craft, but that he has also been successful in remaining within the beginner's mindset, which is a common term referred to within Buddhism teachings. What this mindset entails is being able to have an attitude which is open, eager, and able to look past the quote-unquote rules of a modality and think outside of the box to innovate and create their own individual expression of that particular art form. 
In addition, this type of mindset is exactly what has made Kellen so successful among beginners in this program, advanced students, and pros alike. These things, among others, are what have allowed Kellen to become world-class at what he does. And for anyone looking to supercharge their ability to express their uniqueness and create a beautiful art form out of their physical body and physical practice, reach out to Kellen, and you will be able to have the direct experience which I have spoken about within this outro. Kellen, my man, thank you so much for being an inspiration to so many individuals looking to make exercise fun and exciting, for being a constant reminder of what balance within our lives looks like within the human form, and for being a positive light for those around you to light their lanterns off of. And until next time, my brother, journey well, be well. Much love over to you. Namaste. What is up, everybody? I hope you are all enjoying the show, and I wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor, Freedom Builders. Now, Freedom Builders are a team of graphic designers, website creators, videographers, social media marketing experts, and coaches that build out your custom online business from A to Z. This is a done-for-you service, which means they do the work for you while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. Now, as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business while protecting your time and your energy. Now, you guys know that delegation is a business superpower, and you can activate this superpower today by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders with a Z on the end.com so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build out, and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom branded webpage, professionally edit our program video content, custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, create a seamless payment system for our offer, design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, .com, and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show, and I'm wishing you the best day ever.